Hello, everybody, and welcome in to the Great Scott Show, the Great Sports Callers Open Think Tank. How's everybody feeling on a Thursday? Only a few days left in the month of January. Where did it go? Time flies by. But it's Thursday. And on Thursdays, I'm joined by the host of the morning lock-in, Norman Lock. Norm, are you there? Yes, I'm here, Scott. Are you ready? I'm always ready. All right. All right. I just want to make sure. Norm is uh, going to be in studio uh, shortly, but uh, he is with us here on the show now, and we're going to dig into a number of things coming up here over the next few hours, including, why don't we, why don't we start with this, Norm? Um, the Houston Texans have a new head coach. When news broke last night that it was David Culley, did you say, who's David Culley? Did you say, okay, I like the hire? What was the first thing that came to your mind? What's funny is uh, it's I'm in a, a group message with uh, a lot of my fraternity brothers, like Hollis Tom, and the older guys were talking about him. Yep. So I didn't even have to ask who was he because they was dropping knowledge about who he was and what he did for the Cajuns back in the day. Yeah, David Culley. So David Culley is most recently from uh, the Baltimore Ravens. He was their wide receivers coach, their passing game coordinator, their assistant head coach. He's been at the game a long time. In fact, he will be the oldest debuting head coach in NFL history. Not the oldest head coach in a game, but in terms of the oldest head coach to debut with a with you know first time ever. And uh, that was previously said just a few years ago, actually, Vic Vangio with the um, with the Denver Broncos. What's, but what's the age? What's the age? So he's sixty-five years old. Okay. Okay. And um, AARP card member. Yeah, I mean, he'll be the oldest coach in history at the time of his head coaching debut. But he's got a little history at UL, as you mentioned, and uh, I don't know how many folks realize that, but. Guy, guy began his coaching career back in the 70s. Uh, his first Whoa. coaching job was at Austin P. Um, I know, 70s is a long time away from your your time. <laughs> so, he started his coaching career in the 70s. That's right. Like, That's right. Uh, Austin P., then to Vanderbilt, then to Middle Tennessee State, then to Chattanooga. He was at USL, now UL, at USL from 85 to 88 as the quarterback's coach, which – that's three of Brian Mitchell's four years. Yeah. That he was coached by David Culley. So, and you know that also was uh, thirty-five years ago, thirty-six years. I mean, that was that was a. It's been a minute, but from there he went to UTEP, then Texas A&M, then began coaching the NFL in the nineties, uh, and has spent twenty-five years there, or twenty-six years there, from the Bucks to the Steelers to the Eagles to the Chiefs, to the Bills, and now uh, the Baltimore Ravens, and now a long journey, the head coach of the Houston Texans. But uh, if, if he looks familiar to some folks around here that are you know perhaps longtime fans of the Cajuns or just maybe were fans of Brian Mitchell, that's that's why. That's why. How do you how do you feel about the hire? I mean I, I, I don't I don't have a strong sense one way or the other. I mean because Outside of his resume, um, I don't I don't know a ton about him. You know, I've never met him. I've heard people 
that played for him or coached with him speak glowingly. Um, obviously, John Harbaugh said a lot of great things about him. And when you coach as long as he has, 27 years in the NFL, 16 in, in college, um, there's a wealth of experience there. But he's he's been around the game of football a long time, so he's got My a tough only... he, he's, he's got a tough he's got a tough task in front of Norm because you're going to Houston. They're four and twelve. They're over the cap by a lot. Um, they're going to have to get below it. They've got they've got the quarterback in place, and yet he says he wants to get out. I mean it. He, he's got to go in and he's got to change the culture in Houston. I hope he can do it, but um, it's no easy task. Between the Rockets, the Texans, and the Astros, Houston sports is just <laughs> is just in a rut. But I, I think, I you know, like you said, I don't know either way about the hire, but what I do know is Deshaun Watson wants a new age coach to come and develop some new age plays and develop a new system. And I just don't know a coach of his age is going to make Deshaun Watson happy. So like you say, I, I think it's a lot of domino effects that's going to happen since that. But I just don't know if he's going to make Deshaun Watson happy. ESPN 1420, ESPN1420.com and the ESPN 1420 app. Ultimately, you know, it's it's like, so Steven Silas is the head coach of the Rockets, right? I mean, he gets in and doesn't, you know, get to talk to James Harden at all. Harden won't really talk to him. Harden comes in um, somewhat bloated, just doing whatever he can to get traded, to get out, to get somewhere else. And the guy, yeah. you know, he walks into a situation where he doesn't really get to play with a full deck of cards. So as soon as he gets there, he's already, you know, being dealt in two turmoil. bad cards in, in Texas Hold'em. Yeah. You know... Can can Cully get you know the bad Carl Watson situation and, and turn it into a winning hand? If he can keep Watson, then I think things are going to eventually settle down in Houston. But regardless of even if they can keep him, I mean they don't pick until pick number sixty-seven overall. They're eighteen million dollars <laughs> over the projected salary cap. They can't add any talent at a team-friendly price. Um, you know, if if they were to trade Watson, okay, you can now plug in some pieces on defense and stuff. But now you've just traded away an elite quarterback in his mid twenties. That in his fourth season, despite the fact that Houston was four and twelve, he was tremendous in. And you need a quarterback to win. And Cully has spent you know his entire career since the seventies. Yes, is an assistant coach, but all on the offensive side of the ball. He knows the value there. He's not going to go into there and say, like, like it. I could see a defensive-minded coach saying, "Look, I mean, I, I'm, I, I want to focus on this side of the ball." And like Sean McDermott in Buffalo, who who might be the coach of the year this year, he's done it. He's done a good job. But when asked why they didn't take a, a quarterback, um, you know, Mahomes, when they made that trade with, with Kansas City back when, or, or Watson for that matter, he said, look, I just, I, we came in, I didn't, I didn't have a lot of time to get ready. I couldn't, I wasn't sure what to do about quarterback. I knew the defensive side of the ball. We acquired picks. We, you know, we got Tredavious White. We acquired more picks. We were thinking long-term. We weren't just thinking this. But my point is, McDermott's approach was defense kind of first. And 
whether it was the right move or wrong move, who knows? I mean, Buffalo's in a pretty good spot, so it's hard to argue otherwise. And yet you see what right. Mahomes is doing in Kansas City. But I think both teams are in a really good place. And they ended up getting Josh Allen the next year, and, and, and Allen's been you know pretty good. You know, he's, he's developed really nicely. With Cully, I don't see him going in there and saying, let's trade Watson to get a bunch of defensive assets. I think he's going to do whatever it takes to keep Watson. And if he can't, man, all the first task that he's had, fair or not, is going to be viewed as, well, you couldn't get that job done, you know. So I'm, I, I, I'm wishing him luck. Um, you know, I'm, 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 I'm not really a Texans fan, but I'll be rooting for Cully. You know, again, he's got a lot of, he's got ties here, he's got friends here. He's got a really, really tough job in front of Norm. Yeah, he he really does, and and a guy of that age, I just don't know. Especially with these new age um, athletes, I just I just don't know if he's going to be able to connect with the athletes in the locker room. We just see, you know, the NFL has been trending to hiring younger, younger, younger coaches just so they can, you know, players and quarterbacks can understand them a little bit more and quicker. So I, like you said. The history, the knowledge that he does bring, he might can teach Deshaun Watson some things. He might can fix that culture. You know, old school cat come in and clean up all the mess. But the first domino is Deshaun Watson. Does Deshaun Watson like the hire? Does Deshaun Watson is going to like his system? Is he going to believe in his head coach? Because if he doesn't believe in him, then uh, I'm going to say he needs to get out of there, you know, quick, fast, in a hurry. It's when you look at the older coaches in the NFL, uh, you, you've got, I would let's just say like 55 or older, right? You got your boy Mike McCarthy, who I told you wasn't a good hire. He's, I think, 57 now. John Harbaugh's 58. Um, uh, Sean Payton is going to be 57. Ron Rivera's 58 or 59. Uh, Pete Carroll's almost 70. Bruce Arians is almost 70. Um, Andy Reid is 62. So some of these guys, you know, that I've mentioned are are well respected and have done a good job where they are. Um now a lot of them have been established, right? Uh Mike Zimmer is another guy that's about 65 and um but a lot of these guys have been established. They're older. But no. I, I don't, I don't, I don't know, Norm. If I'm gonna just say, well, you know, the, look, there are a lot of young coaches in the league, but it's almost like. To say that an old guy can't connect, I mean, I think I think a lot of these older guys I just mentioned, not all of them, but I think a lot of them have found a way to connect with their young players. Well, yeah, they've, they, you know, have, but also some of the coaches have had uh, disagreements with some of the players. Um, Zimmer is the coach of the Vikings, and we saw what happened with Stephon Diggs and how unhappy he was with Kirk Cousins and the situation with the Vikings, and then you look down to my Dallas Cowboys, you know, you say you didn't like Mike McCarthy, but in the first three weeks of the season, we had leaks coming out the locker room. So, you know, I I just don't know. And But what about an Andy Reid or a Pete Carroll, you know, or, a, or a, um, I don't know. I mean, even even a Bruce Arians, who's kind of a no-nonsense guy, but it's, it's, it's working. I mean, they're in the Super Bowl. Or Sean Payton. Like you said, those guys are kind of in, established, you know, especially like Andy Reid, like – He's established. You you got Sean Payton, who's been in New Orleans for up ten years. Um, uh, Pete Let's Carroll. Let's forget about old Bill in New England, who's well. You know, 68, Bill. 69 players years old. don't go to 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 the Patriots to play to have fun. <laughs> they don't go to Bill Belichick to be friends with Bill win. Belichick. I think yeah, they, I think I think ultimately Deshaun just wants to win. Is that fair to say? 
Yeah, he just he just wants to no, win. Look, he I, to he your wants point, what everybody I, has. You, like. you pointed out a number of places where it hadn't worked, but like there's, I don't I don't know that it's across the board. I mean, I I, I don't know I don't know enough about Cully to assume. Oh well, he's sixty five, so he won't be able to connect. I don't know. Maybe I maybe he maybe he is that guy that in Baltimore's locker room all the the young guys looked up to or talked to. I'm not sure. Yeah, I'm just looking at the style of play that the new age quarterbacks coming in and the amount of spunk, the amount of pizzazz they have. And, you know, you have more vocal quarterbacks coming in than non-vocal. So, you know, you look at Baker Mayfield, you look at Kyler Murray, you look at Deshaun Watson, you look at Patrick Mahomes. Those guys aren't afraid to talk. Josh Allen as well. Josh he, Allen, he gets, he'll get after it. You know, so it's like with those type of quarterbacks, those type of guys, the coach and the quarterback coach really matters, you know, and it can go down a, a, a rabbit hole really quickly if one of those two guys doesn't connect with the quarterback. ESPN1420.com, Scott Prather, Norman Locke in studio. Like Jared Goff. We just watched Jared Goff just, you know, I don't know if it's the head coach, I don't know if it's the quarterback coach, I don't know is if it's he, him. Is he going to be in L.A.? Next? There, there's speculation he might not even be with the Rams next year. Yeah, it's been a – the season isn't technically – over because the Super Bowl is going on, and they already have let him know you're going to be in a quarterback competition when the season ends. <laughs> when when once you're finished taking your break and is training he, camp starts, is, is the stand like this, this? Is going to sound ridiculous because he was the number one overall pick. Is the standard like too high for him? I mean, I, he didn't have a horrendous season or anything. They're making it sound like he was like Blake Bortles out. There. I think they're turning over the quarterback position pretty fast now, Scott. Like at first, I was like, you know, you. Could, you draft a bad quarterback, you probably end up with him for five, six seasons and then turn over. But now it's looking like you got three seasons and and, and NFL is getting you out of I it. think that's a bad move though. Not not like not not necessarily in no, respect correct. to golf, but correct. I think you, you gotta it's not like they're he's just twenty six. I'm about to say it's he's not been like they're just a Super Bowl there's better just with the on the street. Bill Vinovich, but like, yeah, exactly. Like he's not out Rams quarterback situation, and then you look around the rest of the league and you're like Okay, you wanna you wanna leave that for what might be behind door B? Yeah, and I, I looked at the free agent quarterback list, and it's like like you said, you you okay, we don't want Flacco, but we want Andy Dalton, Mitchell Trubisky, Cam Newton. It's, it's gonna be <laughs> the amount. I, I was saying this yesterday. The amount of new quarterbacks in twenty twenty one week one, I think it might be the most we've seen, like at least in the last twenty years. No, but. Like, uh, so let's 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 go through the list in a minute. We got a lot more coming up. We'll dig into uh, college hoops a little bit. Drew Brees um, letting the internet go crazy because of red beans and rice. We'll explain that. Yes, uh, didn't get oh, that one. Oh, 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 do we? I still didn't get that one. Yeah. <laughs> we, we, we'll, we'll take a we'll take a gander at that. We got a lot coming up. Open phone lines at two six nine ten seventy seven as well. Let's go through each team and say definitively. And I want you to. I'm, I'm gonna. I'm gonna keep count here. Okay. They, as of today, barring an injury, we know that they're gonna. They're gonna have their starting quarterback. Who? No, no. I just want to go through each team. Okay, just, okay. To, just to illustrate, like how. So the Bills. Yeah, we're good. That's yeah. that's, that's, that's Josh Allen the, stud. The Dolphins. Is this definitive right now? I don't think it is. I'm gonna say yes. There was talk about Deshaun Watson. Wanting to get to Miami, and part of the trade package would send Tua to Houston. And I, I don't think that the Dolphins make it because I think that that will put them right back in the position that, that they were in before they got Tua. So if you trade Tua 
and two first round picks or another extra first round pick. Now you kind of back in the same situation because who's the receivers for the Dolphins right now? Sean Watson, bro. But he would be in the same What's his situation. Name? Parker, he's pretty good. He's okay. I mean, I, 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 but the point is, it's. I don't think you look at Miami the way you look at Buffalo and say, yeah, they're or 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 Baltimore or Cleveland and say, we know who their starting quarterback is for sure. Week one next year, I do because they 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 pulled Ryan Fitzpatrick while he was playing well to put in Tua, and and they did the same thing to Tua when he wasn't playing. So well. I know for sure next season he's going to play. Well, I I just think it's I mean I I'll 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 agree that it, well I won't go as far as you I mean I think it's pretty pretty set but I don't think it's definitive so I we, think we'll, it's definitive going into week one let me say that let's let's give that a half let's meet in the middle all right the Patriots nope no the Jets no the Steelers no it's not definitive Ben Ben Big Ben every year he talks about retirement we don't know if Big Ben's coming he'll back. Be, I think he'll be starting. I think all right. So I'll say this: I think the AFC North is the only division where you're like, okay, I think we know who the starters will be next year, because Lamar, Baker, and Joe Burrow are going to be starting. Yes, and they're not going nowhere. And I think I think Vic Ben, like you said, he does it every year, but he's he's gonna know, he's this... gonna tease retirement, talk about how much pain he's in. He's gonna like film himself talking about how much he's hurting, and he's gonna he's gonna start week one. Okay, I hope I hope he retires. Uh, all right, Tennessee, I guess so. Yeah. Okay. He paid him. The Colts, nope. No. Houston, no. Jacksonville, no. <laughs> See? All right, Kansas City, yes. They know who their quarterback is for the next ten years. <laughs> They're about as set as anybody. The Raiders. I'll put an asterisk. Probably, but but again, not it's not not definitive, not definitive because they have talked about moot shopping David Carr. Correct. Like, John Gruden, he have never quite. All right, the Chargers. Yes. The Broncos. No. Washington. No. The Giants. No. Daniel Jones, you don't think he's starting week one? I think I, I think the I, organization I think Joe Judge is like he's our guy week one. And I feel the same about Tua, but I think as the season go on, I don't know if he's if he stays. He hasn't he, he's like Sam Donald. It's like been, he hasn't it's done been, yeah, it's only he, been two years. It's only been two years with Sam Donald. And he, he hasn't had the best amount of weapons around him. Christian McCaffrey, I mean, I mean uh, Saquon Barkley's been hurt. Can't really use his giant's head. But guess what? He still ain't jumped off the paper. I think it's been, hadn't it been three years for Darnold? I think it might have been three for both. No, D- Jones is only two, I believe. Nah. I mean, I'll double check. He's had two seasons of Eli, hurt. Eli, Eli was, the, was still starting, like, last year and then. No, no, it had to be three seasons for Danny Dimes. Then Eli started, got benched for Danny Dimes. Correct. Um, Daniel Jones is two years, and Sam two Donald years? has been three. Okay. Yeah, so I, I think I don't think I don't think they're jumping ship on that. But if we want to disagree, let's give it a half. The Cowboys. We got our quarterback. Uh, yeah, you haven't paid. He's not under contract. Hey, I just want to point out the fact that not under contract. You look out. You got the Rams talking about. Their franchise quarterback, who they paid prematurely. You got the Eagles, same draft class as Dak Prescott, who paid their quarterback, Carson Wentz, prematurely. I need to kill a narrative that we ain't paid a guy, we look bad. Because right now we looking good. Because there are two teams and two organizations who put $100 million in their quarterback and they don't want him no more. I thought you were the one saying they should have definitely paid him. I thought you were on that train quite a bit. I am. I'm just saying. I'm so just now saying. you're saying you were you were I wrong. Was, I was right that Jerry, 
I was right. Handle business correctly. No, you you were paying him. Yeah. Because now a, you're saying they made the right move by not paying him yet. I was saying that since so we were the last you, to pay him, we changed, we, you changed we your mind. We weren't as bad. So you could change your mind. It's as okay. the Rams franchise and the Eagles it's, franchise. It's okay. I I don't I, until he's under contract. I don't I don't know that we can put him down. Philly. Truly, we don't have any quarterbacks in uh, Philly. Yes, they have their quarterback on their roster. But we don't we know just who, don't know who, right. if it's Carson Wentz. Or the, so we're talking about who's going to start week one next year. Like we, we don't know for Philly. Barring injury, we don't know. But they have their quarterbacks. I guess. I mean, I don't I don't think they feel good about it. Um, the fact that, that they don't know who the starter is. What that's a thing, but they have them on their roster. Like I know, the but this, I'm telling you, this exercise is we're only listing teams that know we've got our starting quarterback. Week they do one. know, but it's it's not on the they roster. They don't know. They don't know if it's did, did they they know who it's going to be? No, no. You but can they, only pick one. They can't you can start only pick one. But I'm saying of all the other teams, they don't. It's other a weird than, situation. Maybe yeah. not necessarily a better situation either. It's kind of a weird. No, because no, you fired a head coach to keep the quarterback, but right. the quarterback doesn't produce. The Packers, him. yes, they know who their starter is next. Do year. they? Yeah, he, he, he squashed that after a day. Yeah, he did. The Bears, we don't know. No, the Vikings, don't. we don't know. No, we do. It's Kirk no, Cousins. Don't. Nah, I don't they know. They haven't had any rumbles come out about Kirk Cousins leaving. Kirk. Minnesota loves Kirk Cousins. Kirk like, Cousins. they can say what they want. Minnesota loves Kirk Cousins. He's not on a bubble. You sure? They Justin Jefferson guy? just put up 1,600 yards with him. Like, he's not on a bubble at all. The, Dalvin Cook. Rush for you know thirteen hundred yards with Kurt. Like people keep talking bad about Kurt, but Kurt isn't going. He's gonna keep making that money on y'all. <laughs> All right, so we'll put Minnesota down as having it. Detroit, no. The Saints, yeah. no. No. Tampa, yes. I guess even though he's terrific, time older than Deuce McAllister he's out there. Older than Deuce McAllister. Uh, the Panthers, no. They came out and said they, they, they. The Falcons, I think so. I think so. Okay. I do. I don't. I don't think. Even though I have seen some mock drafts of the Falcons taking yeah. a quarterback, I'm but like, no, but I don't. They're not. I mean, it's it's as many Matt Ryan jokes as I make. He, they would. That'd be dumb for them to be like, all right, let's just ship them off here. Uh, Seattle, yes. The Rams, no. The Cardinals, yes. The Niners, no. All right. So if we go by our estimation. No halves. Eleven. Eleven teams. Oh, I, I, I combine two halves. Okay. You, you go eleven or twelve. So more than half of the league, much more than half of the league, is going to have either a new starting quarterback in twenty twenty one or as of today has no idea who their guy will be. And that's, that's not, not the, that that's that's a much higher number than normal. And that's not even the the starters that's on fringe. You know, like you say, like the Baker, you know, who's to say Baker comes out in the first six games, doesn't play well, what happens to Baker Mayfield? <laughs> like, who's the, hand you know. Hand the ball off, Baker. Hand the ball hand off, the Baker. Ball off, don't just be, like we was talking about Kirk Cousins. If they start silly. out, you know, with only, uh, oh, start out the first four games, only winning right. one game. Yeah, there, there's some of the, there's a few of these that are, are they're shaky in terms of. I feel the same about Matt Ryan. I feel like yeah. if Atlanta puts up one more losing season, Scott, I think he's gone. Might be, and it's not, it, and it might be a mutual parting, like with Detroit and Matthew Stafford. Like it just how mutually, weird would it be to see that dude in a different uniform? Who, uh, Marion? Marion just tripping on his own feet for like the Jets. No, I wouldn't even say he'll probably go to a franchise that like, 
I feel like the Broncos. I feel like he'll go to the Broncos and be like, hey, I could be Peyton Manning. Uh, two, six, and ten teams <laughs> seasons, and then out of there. Um, it's going to be wild. The Saints, well, they don't know who their next quarterback's going to be. Despite Sean Payton says, we think they're in the building. We only got one under contract right now in the building. I was, I was just about to say, why hasn't there been, you know, of all the quarterback carousel talks, haven't heard any Taysom Hill talk. Haven't seen any articles, haven't seen. Taysom Hill, as I told you, might be the starter week one next year. But it would be because it's him and some backup journeymen because Jameis <laughs> signed somewhere else, and that's that's the only guy they have. That's their best option that they have, but not necessarily their long-term option, just I don't think they want to go the one-year holdover, let's just segue. I don't think they want to go one-year transition route. I don't think they want to, but I think it's a possibility if the quarterback market, because of what we just said, some would suggest, oh, it's going to be, that means you can definitely get a guy. No, the best ones available are going to get paid a good bit. When you've got that, when you've got, you know, 18 or uh, when you've got 20 teams that are looking for a new quarterback between 18 and 20. The best ones, whether it's via trade or free agency, are going to get draft. above market value or the draft. You know, they're going to they're going to be drafted higher. So this idea that the Saints are going to be able to go out and I mean, if if it's if it's not Jameis on a on a team-friendly deal or Taysom on his already deal, the only way they're going to get a really quality starter is if they trade for him and the only one that is a possibility of Stafford, and I would put that at about ten percent, at and, best. And that's what that's what I'm looking at. It's like okay, in the quarterback market, you're looking at the upper echelon of quarterbacks getting about thirty mil plus, and that's the top of the market. You know, that's the Aaron Rodgers, that's the the Patrick Mahomes, that's that's the Sean Watson. Everybody's getting thirty mil plus. Okay, if you want a segue quarterback or not an elite quarterback. You're still coughing up about $20 million. That's the Jameis Winstons. That's the Phillip Rivers. That's the Drew Breeses. That's the Tom Brady's, even though he's, he's still probably considered elite. But you're paying, you're paying the $20 million. That's Teddy Bridgewater. Teddy Bridgewater's getting 20 a year. Well, yeah, but I get, Bridgewater's team-friendly deal with the Saints was like seven and a half. That's what I was about to say. Then you get to the the third tier of quarterbacks where you, 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 you're trying to cop out at about $10 million. That's the most you can afford for the premium backup quarterback is what Chase Daniels getting about like eight nine. Uh, he's he's Chase is the master. Like you can't use him as the norm. No, I'm just saying no, that's the that's no the price guy has point. Played less for that much money. That's the price. Well, well, what's the old former quarterback for LSU? Matt Flynn. Matt Flynn. He, he Matt Flynn. Matt Flynn made a lot of money, but he he ain't play much. I don't think he made. <laughs> he that, Let me look up. I I, w- I don't know off the top of my head, but I bet you Chase Daniel made more in his career. Oh, now t- now Flynn played longer. Flynn did get the one year really nice deal from Seattle, where Russell Wilson was drafted. and It didn't happen. Um, let's see. I'm like Matt Flynn stole that little contract. So he 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 could be higher, but. Uh, Jeez. All right, let me let me let me look at this. This, this is just the stuff we get Matt curious about, Flynn. right? Our right, career earnings, good for Matt, man. What's the career earnings? Fifty. Career earnings. No. No. Less than twenty million dollars. Okay. okay. Nineteen million two hundred twenty-two thousand. Eight hundred dollars. And how many games? The most he got was he got eight million in one season from Seattle, 
Then he got six and a half million one season with the Raiders. That's his career. Um, a rookie deal. He only yeah. So he made he he was a backup one more time in Green Bay in 2014, and he made under two mil. All the rest of his deals were, I mean, near the league minimum or just he was only on a, a roster for a little while. You know, like in 2015, he made in 2015 he made 20 grand because he was on the Patriots <laughs> for like you know a few games. So yeah, no, he's that's nothing compared to Chase Daniel, who I think is near like 60 million. Oh, Chase, you got to come holler at me, Chase. I mean, that you t- talk about, hey, look, if you're if you're good in the film room, if you're considered a good backup, if you're a really good teammate and people like you, and you're not just like complete garbage. I mean, I, I'm not suggesting he's a good starter. You should be able to win 3 games as a backup. That's how I look at as a backup. And 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 I think I think he could, you know, he's 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 played a few before. He's won a few games. But my goodness, career career NFL earnings for Chase Daniel all right, I, I'm I I the number in my head was higher than I thought, but still, thirty eight million dollars. That's a and he's due next year from Detroit on his contract. Team four point five five mil. Oh, he getting and that. then in twenty twenty two another five mil. So if he plays out this contract, we're looking at forty seven plus million. A pro, pro Vanessa. I mean, the Eagles sign him. To an eleven million dollar two year deal, and he, he was like the third string quarterback his first. Hey, can't, Who is his agent? We need to call his agent. Yeah, we got you. How are you swindling these teams? Can you UDFA can you? man? His rookie year, he's on the Saints. Washington's roster. He ended up on the Saints and won a Super Bowl that year. And that doesn't even include include those extra playoff checks because he's on a lot of playoff teams. Oh. So as many you know playoff games as he was on in New Orleans and then Kansas City, not playing but on the teams. And even even a, a year in Chicago where he was in the playoffs, that's probably close to another the playoff check. Uh, do you, you Tyron Walker? Oh yeah. All right, so I'm talking to him. He's like, he, we're gonna get to the got, phone lines in just a second. He got called up for the Saints uh, doing that that um, the Bill Vinovich uh, massacre. Yeah, it t- that's 2018. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he t- he didn't play a down. He got he got he got, got like 200k <laughs> from all the games. Not bad. <laughs> he didn't play all season. He's like, yep, walked into. 150k. I ain't play. I was like, oh, your agent's great. ESPN 1420 and Welcome into the Great Scott Show. Good morning. ESPN 1420. Good morning. Yeah, man. I, uh, I literally yesterday read an article, which I think this is hilarious. Uh, that Chase Daniel wrote a backup quarterback contracts. That literally is the description of the article. So you are dead on on that, man. Like I don't, I don't get it, man. The man just keeps making money. It feels like when Jake Delone was making money from two different teams at the same time. I uh, mean, uh, J- Jake, just... Jake, bro, Jake had played in a suit. You see backup quarterbacks that were once starters all over the place. Chase Daniel is a lifetime quarterback. I mean, I know, but I'm just talking about the fact that he was able to make money from two. Uh, Two teams at the same time. Yeah, that that one year he was that one year he was back on the Saints a few years ago. He made he made big money. I mean that was insane. Dude, like I mean Cleveland was still paying the man, but uh, no, I just I thought that was insane. What what I called about was, you know, I keep seeing all these different articles about different people being tied to the Saints, and of course everyone does it because it's fun. I mean, what are the realistic shots that, that Sean just doesn't do any of it, and he goes and drafts a guy? I mean. What what would you guys think about? And I'll hang up and listen. The Saints getting a guy like Trask 
or Mac Jones. Oh, hang up. Like Mac Jones. But just side note, Alex Smith was the highest paid backup for the last two seasons. $16 million. He wasn't. But he signed to be the starter. <laughs> Chase Daniel never signed anywhere to be the starter. <laughs> I was just looking. I'm like, I know this is somebody was making. but Yeah, but like he he was signed at the time. That's still, even though he wasn't a starter, that was starter money. Yeah. yeah. Some, like Chase Daniel, again, he's, you can't use him as, as like an example. He's, he's the exception. And he started, you know how many games in his career he started? He's played. He's actually played in sixty nine games. I'm gonna give you older, which is under. which is which is more than I thought. But you know, what I mean, Ten. five. Ooh. Now I say sixty nine, but a lot of those, like when he was on the Saints, he was the holder for like the PATs and fuel goals. So that's not. It don't count. In 2010, <laughs> 2011, 2012, he was the holder. So that's like a big bulk of them right there. He has started five games in his career, and you know, a former player. A friend of mine uh, is texting me, former NFL player, says, hate the game, not the players. The owners wouldn't pay it if they didn't have it. Yeah, I, hey, to be, to be a, I want to be 100% clear on this. I'm not hating Chase Daniel at all. I admire I was 100%. I'm a fan of Chase Daniel because of, of, of this, but guy's been in the league 11 years, under contract another two. All of his teammates love him. If he might can can squeeze out a fifteen year career. It's it's looking like that. He might can squeeze out a fifteen year he, he, career. He started for a game for the Bears. Went twenty seven to thirty seven. Two hundred thirty yards. Two touchdowns. No picks. You know. I mean, he signed a deal with the Lions last March. Three years, thirteen mil. They trade Stafford. Maybe Chase has to start Week One, but no one's looking at him saying that's our future. No. I, I I admire the guy, man. Like like so who was the cat that started in Washington in the playoffs? Taylor Heineke? Yeah, Heineke. Now he I know you hate Washington, but he was He played a with lot. some confidence. Yeah, he was he played with some confidence. He, and and I don't I don't I didn't look at it and say, Oh, there's your starter or anything. But what he did, when you have a few opportunities and you just you're able to strike. Matt Flynn did it, Chase Daniel did it. At the very least, Heineke just got himself Ten more years in the NFL as a backup. Yes, he did. And that's you know who else did good money. Andy Dalton. Well, Andy Dalton earned his money as a backup quarterback for the Cowboys. Man, he 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 went to like John Kitten route. What Kitten did with the Cowboys? No, that 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 was one of the worst seasons I ever had to watch as a Cowboy. He was a former starter that had to go and be a backup and got extra years out of being able to play. Bruh, oh, man, John Kidner being the quarterback of my Cowboys. Bruh, shout out to Tony Romo Collarbone because this is just was horrible. Like, that was horrible. That was <laughs> Got himself bruh. a couple more years. I just hated the way he threw, too. It was just like, I see you. You're open. I'm about to throw it. About to throw it. He was a very uh, – He was vocal. Like, yeah, he was – I, I guess yeah, what I'm saying. Yeah, like, I did very... not like him as the quarterback for my Cowboys. I did not like the Giants. I didn't like – Kellen Moore being a quarterback, that all that, I was upset. Just now I was pissed watching that all again. It was just like free days. ESPN1420.com. Um, that's a rough time. That's Norm. I'm Scott. You'll hear Norm and Lynn this afternoon. Greg Larnard is out. You'll be hearing them three to six. I know y'all got a bunch of stuff in store. You'll hear Norm Sunday morning, the morning lock-in. You're from New Orleans. Yes, I am. I was born in Opelousas. Lived in New Orleans. OP. Lived a lot of my life, most of my life in Lafayette. You know, 
between the three. Point is, we're both from South Louisiana, and I know the culture in New Orleans is different than in Lafayette, and it's different in Opelousa. I get all that. But I think we can at least say that we know proper red beans and rice when we see it. Correct, correct. Is that correct. fair to say? 100%. I mean, it's in our blood. It's, yes, yes. I think that's one dish that's universal around Louisiana. Yeah. I think, you yeah. know. I, in fact, you know, Greg, who who left uh, this morning, that was one of the things he pointed out. He's like, I, I, I didn't realize, like, red beans and rice. He, he claimed that people around here were surprised when he told them, we don't really eat that where I'm from. I mean, some folks down here, I guess, don't realize what you realize, that it's it's not the most common dish all over no, the place. No, and like you say, even when I go visit uh, Laura in Carolina, that's not on the menu. You know, like Popeye's is Bojangles, and their sides is mac and cheese. And it's like, I want my chicken with my red beans and rice. Like, what, do I, what are you talking about? See, well, the f- it's no in between. Don't give me no mac and cheese with my chicken. You know. Drew Brees, who I'm not sure if he's just trolling everyone at this point, because every time he puts something on Instagram, everyone goes and reads it. Like, there was one where he was promoting a smoothie and, like, getting in shape in the new year. Well, it's late January, Drew. Yeah. It's an ad. He, he, exactly. <laughs> well, he also has put stuff up. You know, he puts stuff up of his kids, which is fine. And he puts – he used to put – like, years ago, he put up a picture of, like, his breakfast. And it was, like, the most – it was fine. It was the most basic breakfast. It was, like – Three Eggs, grapes, bacon, yeah. like, you know, grits. <laughs> I mean, grits. it really was like, it was like small, and it was, it was about, it was like a breakfast you would get, like. Continental breakfast? Minus, like, the, the, you wouldn't have a waffle. Like, it was like a healthy version of the most basic continental breakfast okay. that you would Egg get. white only, like, no salt. Not, yeah, but it was just, it was so, it was like a, a small bowl of oatmeal, a small piece of, like, maybe turkey sausage and, like, three grapes, and it was like, waking up, breakfast of champion. <laughs> and, and people just went crazy. And it was funny because it's the internet, and everyone, I was like, guys, he's, I mean, come on. But it was, I guess because it was the polar opposite of when people post their food, it's usually just, like, a ridiculous meal that just looks incredible or, like, it's, you're just, you're about to tackle some unhealthy meal, but you want to take a picture because you're like, oh, my God, I can't wait to dig into like this. Like the Rock's breakfast like, when he posted all those pancakes. That, that dude, my goodness. Um, well, Drew, Drew posted, had a little food post yesterday and, um, it's not Monday. There's never a bad night for some red beans and rice. I have a few questions. One, if you want to check out the story and see the photo and everything else and some of the hilarious reaction, it's up for you over at ESPN1420.com and the ESPN 1420 app. But I I have a few questions that we got to get into. You found it, his old breakfast? Yeah, was that is that the photo? That might, but that has, like, butter. That's not it. That's not it? Maybe it is. Because it, it has the bacon on it. It has three, look like pieces of banana. Oh, that's what it is, <laughs> on, like, a tiny pancake? Maybe that's it. Whatever it was, it was just like, that's it? Yeah. I mean, Drew is kind of skinny, you know. Uh, he eats healthy. It's work for him. But I, this red beans and rice thing, the best, some of the best reaction to it, and just, I, I don't, I don't get a number of things here. What's going on? We'll talk about it next. ESPN 1420 and.com.
Great Scott Show, the great sports callers, open think tank. Weather forecast from the Storm Team 3 Weather Lab. Today, partly cloudy, a little cooler, high of 55. Tonight, clear, cold, low of 36. It had been warm for a few days and woke up this morning. It was dark outside. It was early. All the heaters were on in the house, so I knew. Ooh, it's cold outside. It's cold. Uh, Laura's sending me. Today is the first day of uh, snow day in Carolina. So yeah. she's enjoying us. So it's the first time seeing that much snow. So Lori's your girlfriend. She works yeah, yeah. in Raleigh. She yeah. works in news. Her from KLFY when she was here. And, Tell you uh, what, man. This cold. Uh, I, I, got, I got snow pictures from, well, I have one sister that just, Moved to New York from LA, so they sent. That's a complete their kids. difference. Oh, in weather, yes, yeah. <laughs> a complete. But they were sending pictures yesterday, like kids playing in the snow. My other sister's in Austin. Last week, they sent a bunch of snow pictures. I have a cousin; she lives in Phoenix. It was snowing there. All these snow pictures from Phoenix. I'm like, what is happening? Meanwhile, here in Cajun country, it's just like. Earlier this week, it's just like cloudy and had hot. Had my shorts on tons yesterday. Of, oh my god, it was the, <laughs> the humidity. And then suddenly this morning, it's freezing by by my standards, I admit. But still, I'm like, man, if it's going to be freezing, it'd be nice to have snow like they got. You know, the kids would have a ball with it. But no, no, we just we just get this. Yeah, I, especially the last, you know, there was a week or two ago with Austin and Monroe had all that snow. And it's like, if you go, they had snow, let's say if it was a Monday. Then, he, then it was hot and they had no snow to Tuesday. Why we can't get, at least let's get us the same thing. At least, at least be consistent. ESPN1420.com. I did enjoy the, the one snow day that was like Christmas right before Katrina. I don't know if it snowed down, down here in Lafayette, but it snowed New Orleans. Before Katrina? It was the year of Katrina. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, oh, no, I, re- I remember that. And it, it, it No, no, like- yeah, it had to be the summer. No, it was the year of or the year before. I think it was. I think it was the year before. My parents have a picture uh, uh, in their house of a, of one of the streetcars. I think my mom took the picture going through the snow, no? okay. and it looks so cool. It's like that's actually New Orleans, but there's nothing New Orleans about that picture. No, but it's a real picture. She took it. Like that's not something you see very often. Oh, no, yeah. You know was... what else you don't see very often is just some uh, 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 bad. Like you don't see red beans and rice in a skillet. Who would do that? Drew Brees. <laughs> <laughs> so, Drew, hey, look, he, he enjoyed it. It worked for him. You know, oh, when I was in college, I, I cooked all kind of stuff the wrong way as I was learning. But Was it Blue Runners and he poured it in the skillet? Might have been. I think might that's what been. he did. Yeah. I think he poured the Blue look, Runners look, look in the at, skillet. Look, look at that. I mean, it looks like refried beans. Drew. True. It looked like Greek. It looked like red bean casserole. It does not. It looks like he fried the beans in a skillet. <laughs> I mean, dude, just get a rice cooker. I don't know. I mean, uh, yeah. retire him now. Now, now, now look, I, I've, I have heard that eating red beans and rice every Monday, just a New Orleans tradition. Right? It is. It really is. It really is. Like you, you would eat it, Scott, at school. On Monday for lunch, and then you will go home and eat it again for dinner. Where does that come from? Because he put, you know, it's not Monday. So at least there was something New Orleans about the post. But the actual dish was like, oof, I don't, I don't know about these. Ooh. I got to have sausage in my red beans and rice, too. I don't, I, 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 I need it. And I think that's the key difference between the, your schools 
and you at home is you get that piece of chicken and you had the sausage and the red beans and obviously the one that the bread, I don't forget the brand that's actually soaked and cooked in the crock pot versus what Drew Brees just did. Right. Yeah, that's what they give in elementary school. It really does just look like a can of Blue Runner red beans just poured in a skillet, skillet. heated up, and here we go. Now he's going to make me Man, you try can, it. Like true breeze. Like, you you guys can afford, like, a really good chef if you want. You can have, like, uh, what's the what's the Kamala, Commander's Palace come cook your red beans at home now, like, if you I, wanted to. I, I respect the dad that's trying to cook for you know his wife and kids, and and I, I admit it's now his his youngest isn't is is probably like six. She's probably like my my oldest age, so he doesn't actually. You know what? I take that back. It's hard to cook when you got a five, three, and one year old like to cook a full meal. Yeah, I mean, but we do it. We we pull it off, and we have cooked red beans and rice, and it's been a hell of a lot better than that. Yeah, no. And our kitchen, I'm guessing, is not as big as his, so I'm not giving him a pass on this. Step I mean, one, Scott, you. And probably your youngest kid is not to put red beans and rice in the skillet. <laughs> I would say, you know, any, I could probably pull up any two-year-old that speaks. And he'd probably be like, no, Dada. <laughs> she'll, she, she, I, they might not, she'll eat anything, too. But, I like, my youngest is, she's a patat. I'll put it that way. Like, she's, the doctor said, her last visit to the doctor, he was like, oh, she's, Healthy, <laughs> strong. Like, oh, you're just saying she's fat, bro. Come on. Thanks, Scorty. though. Uh, no, she's, she's uh, let's just say, like, the percentile. Now, look, I'm not a big guy, and my wife isn't either. She'll probably grow at some yeah. point. But compared to her older siblings when they were that age, like, she, she, she almost weighs as much as her five-year-old brother. Like, people are like, Scott, why are you, like, always stretching your shoulder? I'm like, when you have to, like, constantly <laughs> bend down to pick up over 40 pounds of dead weight all the time and try to, like, stir and cook a decent meal that's not out of a can. You got one strong arm like Quagmire. Bro. <laughs> we got, <laughs> got one strong forearm, right? That, that was that one episode where he, he didn't. He finally really discovered what the internet was about. Yeah, I remember that one. 53 after the hour. ESPN 1420, ESPN1420.com, and the ESPN 1420 app. That is Norman Locke. I'm Scott Prather. Rage of Cajun Hoops. Men and women got the sweep last week, and now the men Ooh. are heading to Texas State, who's atop the Sun Belt, atop the West Division. If you go get two wins on the road, now you're tied with them, but they're good. And the Cajuns don't have their head coach this weekend. Yeah, bro. I uh, hope Bob Marlin's recovering and, and feeling better. I, I know his, his symptoms have been mild, which is is good. Uh, but that was a few days ago that um, that I talked to him and haven't talked to him since. But either way, you know, I was talking to Mike Murphy, the assistant head coach and or pres- director of basketball operations, rather, and he was saying that. You can try to do like a Zoom call, like during shoot around and all that other stuff, but like. <laughs> There's not a lot of space in at the indoor. Like if you you've been to the practice yeah, facility, yeah. it's not like there's a ton of space to go set up cameras and everything. Like someone could run around. It's just not feasible. Now Bob, I know, has been on like a lot of the meetings and team meetings and film study and all that stuff. So he's still active, but it's different not having your head coach at the practice and not having your head coach on the road with you for a matchup. Both of these teams are eleven and four, but Texas State. Five and one in conference play. Cajuns five and three. 
you're coming off of three straight wins. You can keep that momentum and you get two wins. A Texas State's won like five in a row. I mean, yeah, they're they're they've been balling. They're rolling right now. They they played the Cajuns earlier back in uh, the first weekend of of the year over at the Cajun Dome. Cajuns won the first game. It was a close one, um, and and Texas State won the second one. So there's. Can you can you slow them down? Can you get the win? And can you do it without your head coach? I think the Cajuns can. Let me say just because, like you say, it's hard to to win two games without your head coach, without him being there. I think with basketball, the head coach's you know biggest responsibility is in game situations, and it's like you know um, when when the Cajuns might got to call a timeout and change an inbound play or change up a defense or. It's just simple as, hey, back up. He's going to come through the lane. <laughs> like just screaming different things on the sideline. You're just going to miss that eye being able to see and being able to comment um, going forward. But I, I think the best option for the Cajuns right now is to, is to try to split. Don't turn it over. Texas State is really good at that. Um, one of the better teams in the country. I think they're top 25 in the country in terms of highest turnover rate their opponents they have something to do with it it's not like every game they play the team just suddenly isn't protecting the basketball but for the Cajuns I think obviously you want Cedric Russell to to, to keep hitting threes and you want Theo Okuba to uh, lock it down because the Bobcats have two juniors in the paint that are both averaging double figures they're good but defense so this season when the Cajuns opponent shoots less than 41.8 percent Louisiana's eight no eight no now, is that on the part of the Cajuns playing great defense, or is that a part of some of the opponents just don't got that clip? Um, I think I think their I think their defense in some games has been good. Um, I think that's the key, especially when your shot's not falling. And I think it's look, they're still they're three and four when opponents shoot better than that. So it's not like they're they're zero for otherwise. But don't let them get hot, man. Don't let them get hot. Lock it down. I think I think Akuba. Um, he needs. To, I think he's going to be the biggest key this weekend, just based on what Texas State likes to do. Um, but that'll be on News Talk ninety six five KPL and four o'clock Friday, early start time in San Marcos. Four o'clock Saturday as well. The women finally back at the Cajun Dome for the first time in like almost two months. They will be um, hosting Texas State. They've won three in a row. Uh, the Cajuns have, and uh, they're atop the Sun Belt West standings. And they play 6 o'clock Friday, so pregame at 545, following in an afternoon of Sports Talk with that guy right there. You heard me. Host of the Morning Lock-In. You know, I found somebody with my same last name, finally. Somebody that spells it with the E at the end. Yes, yes. His name is Jake Locke, and he's the owner of all the Locked On podcasts. Oh really? Yeah, that was, that was locked like, on Pels. Locked on Pels. Locked on Saints. Locked on every team. He basically has a locked on all major leagues and I want to say forty collegiate teams. Good branding. Good for him. Oh yeah, to a, that's why that's how it popped up on radar. I saw that they. I think he sold it to a news network, and I'm just like, hey, cousin. <laughs> hey, hey, don't we know each other? Don't we know each other? I know you. I know we got the same cousin somewhere down the line. I know you. He's the voice of the jazz, if I'm not mistaken. He's a broadcaster. Yeah, he's a broadcaster. But the jazz are good, bro. The jazz are good, and yet they just why do they get hated on? Like, why is Shaq going on TV after the jazz 
beat the Pelicans. Look at Donovan Mitchell and say, I just say it to your face. I, I don't think you're that good. I don't think you're one of the elite players. Because Shaq is, Shaq likes the, he likes controversy. You know Shaq like his name in the headlines. <laughs> I think he expected Mitchell to be like, upset. well, I'm going to show you or get upset. Like, I don't know who you are. He was just like, all right. <laughs> and, and, all right. And, and, and that's why Shaq wasn't wrong. Because it's like, you can't, he basically told him, you, the Jazz can't win a championship because you're not an alpha and you're not a number one. You need to be a number two. And Rudy Gobert is trash. <laughs> and he's like, you know, Shaq, you're right to your opinion. <laughs> all, he said, all he said was, all right. And but then, did you and see then, his face? And then, and then he, he wanted to cry, Scott. And then he said, I've been hearing that, you know, since I was drafted. It's fine, whatever. He wanted to cry, Scott. He think, wanted to cry. I think, I think he's one of those guys that's passive-aggressive. I think he probably Donovan or Shaq. Donovan. Yeah. Okay. No, no. Shaq is not. Passive. Yeah. Okay. All right, 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 right. Shaq is aggressive. Okay. Yes. Shaq will just tell you straight up what's going on. That man's come into this building before. He's he's recorded his podcast in one of these stations um, a couple times because he has you know, he's got some loved ones here in the area and he's, he's he said he was coming out traveling. here traveling. Oh, he's he's out here like all the time. Our engineer Matt, like I think I think the guy who set it up asked like. Hey, could y'all like leave Shaq like something to eat or whatever, like like a snack, and uh, and he left like a Snickers in there. <laughs> and Shaq literally took the wrapper off and yeah, he was like one bite. That's how big that man is. And oh, he wasn't man. like he wasn't yeah he wasn't like watched. He was, he was like very nonchalant. You could tell he does it all the time. The whole thing is boom. Because he's huge. Like or, like you need anything? Yeah, man. Yeah. Sprite would be great, man. You guys, yeah. a leader. Bring a leader. <laughs> that. that his rookie year, he was this big. Pepsi endorsed him, and there was the. It was I think they called it the big one. It was a one liter of Pepsi, but it, it had Shaq's logo on it. I think it was just called the big one, and they had all these commercials, and it was just Shaq chugging the leader. leader. It worked too, man. Because let me tell you, kids in my school who probably I don't know if they were like Pepsi drinkers, they were all like, oh. Shaq, Shaq, got to get the Pepsi, got to get the drink. It, it works. I, I had a pair of Shaqs, and it wasn't the most popular shoes, but the I was pumps? Just such a. No, 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 no. That's the that's the Shaq Gnosis. I had the Shaqs that you buy in Walmart. Okay, okay. <laughs> yeah, so when I was I just was like, a kid, Shaq, Shaq was was sponsored by Reeboks. And that's, yeah, now I have a pair pump, of those. Pumps came out, and that was like Shaq was like all over that. Yeah, the, I have a pair of for uh, All Star Weekend in New Orleans. I got I snuck in sneaker politics. Well, not snuck, but you know, I got sneaker politics, and he was doing autographs there, and he he just had released the pumps LSU colorway. Or Lakers colorway, whatever, which one you want to call it. And I was able to sneak in there and get an autograph signed pair. So I got that and a basketball. ESPN 1420 KPEL last Shout year. Shout out to my guy Shaq. I got a pair of size 11 autograph pumps, Laker colorway. I've told this story before. Um, so Shaq's, I've interviewed him in here before. I don't I don't know Shaq. Like he wouldn't know me if he saw me or anything. But What's up, Scott? No, he wouldn't. <laughs> you know, you know, you know what the move is, by the way, Norm. When you see someone, you probably do this because you're good at branding. But when you see someone, like if it's let's say it's a famous athlete or Shaq or whoever, maybe you've never seen him before. Mm-hmm. But if you're, let's say you're like like it's like you were at sneaker politics. It's a place where there's not a ton of just a, the public. Like you're back there in a, a professional capacity. You saw you. That was when you interviewed Jarvis Landry. No, that this was All Star Weekend in New Orleans when it got moved from Charlotte to New Orleans a couple years ago. Yeah. So when you let's say you ran into like I ran to Dr. J. <laughs> we ran to Dr. You, J. If you run into to Dr. J. 
Oh, hey, uh, hey, Julius, good to see you again, man. You always say good to see you again, and you call them by their first name, and then they just assume, okay, I don't remember this, but they deal with it all the time, but they, they their mind immediately goes from, okay, it's not a fan, it must be, hey, what's up, Julius, good to see you again. <laughs> but then you just roll with it. Now, if you walk in and be like, Dr. Che, I, I'm a big fan, I would love if, they're gonna pro- if they're nice if they're not a jerk they'll smile and be like sure you know I'll take a picture or whatever but I just roll by no like, you got to what's up Doctor J good to that, see you again man when I went to uh, this conference Shaq? so next time Shaq comes there and be like or next time else be like what's up Shaquille good to see you again because <laughs> <laughs> when I went to Miami for uh, for this conference they had the big the big three game where Nate Robinson hit that game winning three pointer on Big Baby Davison. I, I you're you're talking big three, bro. All I know is well, it went viral everywhere. He hit the three and big he jumped in the air, hit the three, and Big Babe Davison caught it. So it's like he didn't even touch the ground. Shrek and donkey, Shrek and donkey. That's what they used to actually call themselves back in the NBA. It happened in a game where he jumped on Glenn's back after a, a playoff game, and he said you could just call a Shrek, Shrek and, and donkey. donkey. So Shrek and donkey. So after the game. Uh, like you said, I'm just walking around. Um, what's the Miami Heat Stadium called? Of the arena, airline, uh, American Airlines. American Airlines Arena, and we're walking around and we seeing, you know, all the heat decals and the trophies and the trophy. I was like, I don't think we're supposed to be here. And then like a guy's like, Hey, let me see your credentials. He's like, Here. <laughs> he kept going, kept walking. Like, yeah, oh yeah. yeah, all right, Jeff. Yeah, we supposed to. You just flash. Yeah, really just flash. He's really flash. Keep going. Yeah, Jeff. Yeah, I love it. And next thing you know, you run into Big Baby Davis and all the athletes. There's and- like, I think security should be better at some. <laughs> I think it's just the. Uh, I think we've learned probably in recent weeks that security is not quite what it should no. be at a lot of places. No. Like, I remember. Super Bowl in New Orleans. In fact, this is Tom Brady's first Super Bowl. They beat the Rams. Three? Probably. This would have been the 01 season, but it would have been February of 02. Okay. But but the 01 season. And uh, and I was in college, and they had this big uh, network TV concert Super Bowl special on, I guess it was uh, whatever the the game was on that year. I I think it was on Fox. And it was just a lot of, like, the the billboard – Hot Billboard 100 artists at the time, all like a mismatch of it was it was it wasn't so much a concert made for like people to attend as it was just for TV. Like okay. everything around it was like we wanted to look good on TV. I think no doubt Ja Rule, some country singer I can't remember. Um, if you got no doubt and Ja Rule, oh one, you you you're pretty lit, right? It, it, it was just it was, it was they were like big on the charts at the time, and and they had a bunch of like current and former players that were there, and it was this big event, and I don't even remember what it was called, but they wanted it to look like there were a ton of people there. So the arena they had like blocked off a few sections in the front, and they had gotten like probably four hundred college students, and they bust us. To the dome now. The security to get inside of basically the area around the dome and the arena, it was like there were gates everywhere because this was like a few months after nine eleven. Right, right. They're like, okay, <clears throat> like they bust us in, they put us through detectors, like everything, and you know, I mean, it's college students. We're just happy to be there, and they sit us down in, in different parts. So on TV, it looks like it's this packed concert. And they have these fans everywhere, but really it's it's probably like a quarter of the arena, but all like really jam-packed tight together. 
So me and my friend were like kind of getting bored just waiting for the show to start. There's all these cameras. They're trying to get the TV set up for network. We just start walking around. We end up in like this back part of the arena where we just kind of walk past this barrier like nobody was guarding it. And suddenly like all these NFL players, all these like big media at the time, all these badges – it's like this cocktail hour, and they're like walking around like Tiki Barber, who was with the Giants at the time. He's just walking around like eating a shrimp cocktail. I'm like, hey, bro, where'd you get that? And he's like, oh, it's uh, it's right over there in the room next to. Him. I'm like, okay, thanks, Tiki. You know, <laughs> my friend who wasn't Appreciate even a football it, fan, like he didn't he didn't know any of these people, you know. And I'm just like, bro, just just roll with it, man. man I would have freaked out. And I, Tiki I like Barber I was there. not in a. Suit like I was dressed in like a ridiculous outfit because I was just college like, kid. Or one. I was goofy. Yeah, yeah. it was like it's like some absurd like like if you were gonna go out to a dance club in the early two thousands. And I think I might even had like sunglasses on. Kanye West way. It was it, it and we're just like walking around and it, and we're just like eating all this like high end food and there was like caviar. I was like, oh my god, this. I, I took a bite off a tray. I was like, this is gross. This bro. is gross. Yeah, you know, yeah. This is not for me. I didn't even know what it was. And my friend's like, bro, that's caviar. I'm like, this, this is that expensive stuff. But I mean, I'm—I don't know—in my early twenties, I'm just like happy to be cool, here, man. Yeah. Yeah, this is free, you know? And then finally, someone is secure, and we probably like thirty minutes. Norman, all these like Tony Saragusa, Shannon Sharp, all these guys are just like walking by, and every time they walk by, I'd be like, "What's up, Shannon? Good to see you again, man. How you doing? How's the kids? Good to see you again." <laughs> and they'd be like, "Oh, hey, man, good to see you." Like they—they they just. <laughs> but it's different than if I was like, "Hey, Mr. Sharp, can I have an autograph?" Then it's like. They don't belong here. No, you right. Know what I'm saying, and that's how that's how you're supposed to be. That's how I am. Whenever I'm in in rooms with people that I'm not supposed to be with, I just act like I'm there. Like I act like I'm secure. Like um, uh, last year for an event we was doing, we had a uh, Fifty Cent and um, Young Jeezy, and and all of a sudden it was one of my favorite rappers. So you know, I wasn't just about to fanboy it out. Like it's Fifty Cent. Like he's been to movies, he's wrote books. Like this is favorite. One of my favorite artists. But um, so I'm securing the stage, and then it's like I took it to the next level to make me seem a little bit more important than I really am. So it's like 50 was like, I have my own alcohol. Can I get some some champagne glasses for the Why don't we have any champagne glasses? <laughs> get some champagne glasses right now for 50 cent. He's like, Oh, I like how you handle business. You just, <laughs> yeah, I just, I just, it was like, and then Young Jesus is like, Yeah, so he sees 50 Cent bring out the champagne. He's he has uh, Avion um, tequila. He's like, Yeah, I want to give some tequila shots out for the ladies. Can I get some ice? Get some ice for Young Jeezy. So you just Why is it? <laughs> did anyone know who you were? No, they didn't. So, I just started giving so out commands. That, that was smart, though, because. The two celebrities think that you work for the place, and everybody that works for the place think you're Correct. working for them. And next thing you know, I got, I got, smooth, I got, That's pretty smooth. <laughs> so I got all the pictures, got all the access, met all the managers and everything, and I was not the the bar manager on the stage security. <laughs> you just, you just act like you belong. With, just, yep, security, just, 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 just a, like just a, just a badge, just a badge. If it wasn't COVID. I would try to do like the YouTubers and sneak in the Super Bowl with a ladder because it's possible, Scott. That's, all you need is a ladder. That's not good, man. That's not a good thing. It's, not, not, it's, not, it's not a good thing, but it's like all you need is a ladder. Just need a ladder. Who you, would you stop somebody right now, Scott, if they walked into the into town square 
with a ladder. If they were in a, like a uniform of some sort? Yeah, like you. <laughs> you know? I mean, I, if I was, if I'm not working in the front either. Yeah, so it's like you see some random guy walk into the, hey, here, the uh, Hot 107 with a ladder. You're yeah. like, but. I, uh, I I looked, yeah, I looked, um, I talked, you just look up. Yeah. yeah, I talked to them. They told me they moved it up to nine. I got to come in and uh, fix the, fix the, fix the valve. Oh mm-hmm. yeah. Come on in. Come on in. You just, right here. Just need, you need anything? You need anything? All right. All right. <laughs> so, you there. 11 minutes after the hour, ESPN 1420, ESPN1420.com and the ESPN 1420 app. Scott Prather, Norman Locke. They got... Somebody just emailed. They said there's king cake in the front here. I, are they just trying to? I've I've been seeing it the last couple of days, and I I'm not gonna fall victim to it. Traffic update for you. Um, vehicle accident reported on Sieve and EKS. I don't even know Sieve slash EKS in Lafayette uh, reported. Ten minutes ago, uh, 206 Sunflower Estates fire uh, fire alarm residential went off uh, about eight minutes ago. And uh, 600 Church Street in Youngsville accident reported about 40 minutes. Um, nothing reported in the last, no traffic accidents reported in the last five to eight minutes. Something changes. We'll certainly let you guys know. Be careful on the road. ESPN 1420.com kind of went off on a random tangent there about Celebrities and being where you you just I'm telling you, dude, you just try it. Just be like, good to see you again. You gotta good to just see you again. Be there. Like, hi, how you doing? Good how to see doing? you again. How you doing, Oprah? <laughs> how you doing, Oprah? How's Stedman? <laughs> you get a free car. Maybe, maybe that might not be a bad thing. Twelve minutes after the hour break, we'll come back. We'll try to get the wheels back on track. Discuss the. Um, the Super Bowl next week, some things to keep an eye out for, quarterback situation around the NFL. We mentioned uh, Cajun hoops. want to circle back to something we talked about at the beginning of the show. The Texans, their new head coach. If you missed it, he's got a connection to the Raging Cajuns. In fact, longtime Raging Cajun fans are probably saying, where do I know that guy from? We'll tell you next on ESPN1420.com. ESPN 1420, ESPN1420.com, and the ESPN 1420 app. Uh, welcome back into the Great Scott Show. Scott Prather, Norman Locke coming at you on a Thursday. It is the weekend before the Super Bowl, where you typically have the Pro Bowl, which I haven't watched in years and don't care about it. Oh, is it they've been doing some horrible virtual stuff. Yeah, like, why do they... Why? 
So I mean, they, you, they're they're doing a a virtual Pro Bowl celebration, as they call it. Boo! What does that even entail? So this whole week they've been doing, um, you know, a versus the versus battle with the two different artists. Mm-hmm. Okay, so they've been doing NFL versus, and it's been kind of poo. Like I watched the one with AJ Brown and Justin Jefferson. And all it is is, like, they, they, they got dressed up to sit in front of each other, you know, two different cameras and trash talk. And it wasn't even that good of the trash talk. Like, I don't know. It was it was weird. And then you have the – they always push it Madden, but it's like, I'm not about to watch eight guys play an hour game long of Madden. There, yeah, the, so it's going to air across NFL social media channels as well as EA Madden NFL Twitch which, for our older audience, Twitch is a, YouTube a channel where people play video games and you can watch. And if you're really good, you can make some money off of it. Yeah. But yeah. you got to be really, really good. You, 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 don't, you really don't. You just have to give people to believe to give you donations. Get them in. All right. It helps to be good. It helps to be good. If you're really, really good, you'll make money. Yes. If you're really, really entertaining, you'll make money. Correct. If you're both, you'll make millions. You'll make millions. Um, <laughs> not uh, not the Nick guy. There's another guy. I don't know what his gamer name is, but he's like he got in on it early. He's not one of the best anymore, but he's just entertaining because he just talks trash. And yeah, he's like I just wake up in the morning, I stream for four hours, have lunch, work out, stream another four or five hours, then spend the rest of the night with my wife and kid, and do it again the next day. Like that's his life. And yeah, and it makes like twenty five hundred dollars a day. And it's like you know, if you're not the upper echelon of you know gamers but you can still make an okay living from donations from the people just watching you play the game why, so why are they calling it so like i see like um nascar's bubble wallace to compete in the pro bowl like uh derrick henry and deshaun watson to compete against one another in the pro bowl michael strahan and carissa thompson will uh will host the pro bowl like why aren't they just calling it what it is which is some of the players that were selected to the Pro Bowl game we're not having are going to play a quarter of a video game. Is it because they don't think anyone will watch? I got news for you. No one's going to watch the watching. Pro Bowl that's not happening. Nobody's watching. Why are they calling it the Pro Bowl and not they guys just, are playing Madden? They should have just called Nickelodeon and had a WWE match on Nickelodeon. Now, guess what? They should have because people would watch that. People would watch that because it's – but, I mean, really and truly, Scott, I haven't watched a Pro Bowl in – years i haven't either but the ratings for it still pop for some reason i don't know why i just think people love football that much it's the same reason people will watch a lousy preseason game that doesn't even involve their team like you you would have to pay me money to watch a preseason game that isn't the Saints. So like, the Hall of Fame enjoy- game, you don't watch? No. God, no. I mean, I used to when I was younger. First, yeah. But I was like, at some people are like, oh, but it doesn't matter. It's just the uniforms. I'm like, I can just go watch an old game on YouTube now. <laughs> I follow NFL underscore vintage on Twitter, and I wait. I, I don't waste time well spent. I'm like, I need to go to bed, and then it'll come on my timeline, and I'll find mm-hmm. myself just scrolling through old highlights. It just brings me back to a different time in my life. That's better than watching – an eighth-string guy that's not going to make the team play in the bulk of the Hall of Fame game. Score ends 13-15. to 15. The Pro Bowl ratings, I have some numbers just from the game just a few years ago. The game three years ago had 8.6. That's a lot. Hey, what, what, are, what, are you, what are you doing? They're, they don't even back, – back when I watched it in the 80s when I was actually cared about it and I was a kid and I thought it was cool, they actually tackled and stuff. 
Like, they actually tried to play. And then when I started watching it in the 90s and the 2000s, it was the skills challenge that that drew me, you know, like watching Tom Brady, not Tom Brady, but Peyton Manning go out there and and throw against the other quarterbacks of his time, uh, the Carson Palmers, you know, just to see all those guys on a field together without a helmet on, competing against each other in various challenges, the deep ball challenge, the most accurate challenge, the 40-yard dash, like, just to see... Uh, like you say, the NFL Vintage put up. Um, why am I drawing a blank? And he, uh, offensive lineman for the Cowboys, all time great. He put up like forty three reps. Larry Allen. Larry Allen put up forty three reps at the Pro Bowl of two twenty five. Throwing a cool like it's his it's his off day, and he he puts up over forty reps uh, on the bench. Like come on, like you're not you're not getting content like that nowadays from the Pro Bowl. Like, put, make, like, why can't we have everybody race Tyreek Hill? Closest person gets to donate to charity. Like, come on, make it a little bit exciting, you know? Well, if you're the NFL, we're sitting here ripping it. It's like, why change anything whenever you're getting better ratings than the NHL All-Star Game, yeah. the Major League Baseball All-Star Game, and the NBA All-Star Game? I don't yeah. know who's watching it and why, but people are still watching it. it just It's further proof that the NFL is it's just... As much as, as much as people hate it for various reasons, whether it be political reasons, whether it be player health reasons, whether it whatever it might be, you still watch it. You still watch it. And maybe you're listening, you're like, well, I don't. Well, you're in the minority. Because even though the ratings were down this year, it was still far and away the most watched thing on television. That and your 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 um your former New Orleans Saint, The Bachelor. He was on the Saints practice squad, or not practice squad, preseason squad for a, for a minute, wasn't he? Yeah, bro. And I've been I've been seeing um, him I've going never, viral I've on Twitter. I've never watched an episode. I've never watched an episode either, but I, I constantly see him make it on Twitter, and it's hilarious. To even like, like you said, he's, he tells people he played for the Saints, and it's like the Saints was doing content with him, but it's like he was on a preseason practice. He didn't squad. make the, he didn't make the squad, right, right? Yeah, and it's like you know you got to sell it though. But like Jesse Palmer was way more of a football player than he was. I mean, he played in the NFL yeah, for years, you know. And but you got him. He's like shout out to my Saints, and I'm like, bro, what you talking you about? And then he started doing the gritty. I'm like, bro, what are you doing? Where, what is, are you- where is he from? What's this guy's name? He's from North Carolina. Okay, so yeah. So like my friend. He went to Wake Forest. A lot of people know T-Bob Bear. Like T-Bob was on the Rams, the St. Louis Rams. Like he, he got a, a UDFA contract. Didn't make the final roster, but like was in camp. He doesn't like walk around like, yeah. Former Ram. St. Louis, now LA. <laughs> Go Ram-, Ram it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And I, I'll just be so, like, joked that he's just be like, yeah, the whole time. The, then the Saints decide to put out two videos of content with him. Hey. Not one, but two. I, I, as somebody that brands and markets like you, why would they not? I mean, The Bachelor is, like, one of the most watched shows on television. And if the Saints feel like they can get a little shine from it and have some girls that are into this guy be like, yeah, who who's that? Who's that? Who's that? Uh, no, it's who dat. Who's that? Who? Why wouldn't you do it? I think that it linked more on the Bachelor getting some more eyeballs off the Saints than the Saints getting any off. I don't know. I think you're underestimating the Bachelor. I'm. Th- I mean, look, I don't. I don't watch it. But we were just talking about Pro Bowl ratings. 
Let's look. Let, I'm just going to Google the Bachelor TV ratings. I know it's doing pretty well right now because, like I said, the guy goes viral every Bachelor time. Bachelor Matt James. This is this was written two weeks ago. Bachelor Matt James. Matt James attracts the most viewers on Monday. So the highest rated show when it was on The Bachelor. He, he's he's doing a gritty. <laughs> That's the fun. That's like that Did was, he do it well? Mm-hmm. I hey, say he had say no. you didn't he say had no. form. But he you was gotta, stationary. I, I need to go back and watch your video. He was stationary. Been he, watched by how many people have watched your video? It's almost like four hundred thousand, I think. I mean, you got send it out on the on the ESPN Twitter account again today for those that haven't seen it. Before this thing went like went off everywhere, it was right after Justin Jefferson. Right, he 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 had a touchdown early in the season where it, like the next closest defender was like thirty yards away, and that's when it went. So in. he just starts doing the gritty. The second he crosses the goal line, and then it just, it really from there has just taken off. And Norm went and interviewed the guy who actually started the gritty, which is a young man. Where does he live? New Orleans. Norm found him, interviewed him, did the gritty. I got, I got to go back and watch it. I haven't, I haven't tried to do the gritty. I bet I could do it though. Yeah, it's not that hard. It's um... no, no. I bet I could do it well. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's really not that hard. <laughs> like I've, you know, he's. He's kind of um, taken off in New Orleans, like uh, the mayor of New Orleans has did like a mask up campaign video with her doing the gritty and a bunch of other different business owners, the We That owner, um, just a bunch of different influential people in New Orleans. And she put out a 30 second promo, let's mask up NOLA and did the gritty. And out there, I just feel like that's so cool. Political figures and entrepreneurs and, and business owners all came together to make that con- I got I got to look this up. You just made me think of something. I there's got to be a prop bet somewhere for the Super Bowl that involves the gritty. Like, you Over know how the Super Bowl has all these prop bets. Yeah. It's got to be will someone do the gritty after scoring a touchdown? Oh, oh 100% because you have uh But that's that shows you just how big it is. He has Damian Williams who plays for the Chiefs, who played for LSU. No, no, oh, Darrell Williams. Darren Williams. Darrell Williams. You have Tyron Matthew so that's two. That's two New Orleans or or LSU based players that can do it for the Kansas City side, and then on the the Buck side you have Leonard Fournette and you have uh, the the wide receiver. He's like I think sixth on the depth chart with the Bucks, uh, but he's from New Orleans too. Johnson. Zero Grayson. Uh, uh, he's from Kenner, but he's not. He's on the practice squad. But like. There are a ton of players that have no ties to Louisiana whatsoever that are doing the gritty. Right. You know? but, but, you know, when you have two guys from Louisiana that can influence the locker room it a helps. little bit more. Like, oh, like there's, Leonard there's, Fournette has a ton of Louis. I, I had an article about this up on our website, folks, because you'll see it. There's 11 players on Super Bowl rosters with some Louisiana ties. Oh, 100%. I mean, there's – it's – this year – now, some years – Louisiana is number one in the NFL in terms of per capita players in the NFL. This year, they're second. They were behind Georgia. Um, but one in 59 players in, in the NFL were from Louisiana. I'm about to give you a better stat. There are two players right now in in the Super Bowl that I've went to high school with. I don't think anybody else got, got, got the numbers right now. You were in high school at the same time as Jerron? Yeah, I graduated with Tyron Matthew. What about Leonard? Leonard was eighth grader. Okay, all right. Okay. <laughs> so you were in school with him. So yeah, I'm 2010. That's Tyre Matthew. Leonard's 2014. 
So it's too. It's would they would they know you if you saw them? Yeah. So you would when you said, "What's up, Leonard? Good to see you again." They would know. Oh, hey, hey, Norm. Yeah. Every time Leonard Leonard used to have a girlfriend that. What lived, about Tyron though? Yeah, hundred percent. When I work the sidelines for LSU games and be working audio or something random or camera, Tyron would stop and come speak to me if you see me, and everybody else would be like. I know him. I'm like, well, I played football with him since fourth grade. So, like I said, he really, he really knows me. Um, I've tried to get him on the show for next week because um, I ran into his his best friend and a guy who runs all his like nonprofits and corporations is our former quarterback that played football with us, uh, Terry Lucas. He played cornerback for Nichols for a couple of years, uh, but yeah, and he's just like, Norm, you know, it's Super Bowl week. He can't. He he's not, he has no time. I'm like, you're right. He's like, but afterwards, we got you. You know, like even Leonard Fournette. Now, he's a little bit better with the phone. Like, I can text Leonard and Leonard text back. Texting Tyron, I'm, I'm not getting a response. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not getting a response. But Leonard, I can see Leonard at the corner store in New Orleans getting a hot sausage sandwich. You know, what's up, Norm? You want a piece? Like, that's just, that's just really how Leonard is. Tyron is a little bit more... Stand office just because of everything he went through at LSU and coming into the league. So he's a little bit more protective of himself and his surroundings now, uh, especially now, you know, he's arguably a Hall of Fame safety now, you know, uh, trending that way. Three-time All-Pro, a Super Bowl, if, especially if he plays another four or five, five years. That's, it's, it's, he's, he's, he's not there yet, but he's on the way. And if you say he's not, you haven't been paying attention. Correct. And, I mean, that's, that's, he's, he's had a really – what a, what a, what an incredible football! You know, player. to go from sleeping and he, you know he he'd be able to tell the story again. Uh, you know, if I could get him on the show, but to go from sleeping in Patrick Peterson's basement, you know, for a year to getting on his feet and winning a Super Bowl and going back to back Super, like it's crazy. Like it's really really crazy. Like like I said, his, his father's in jail for murder. Uh, like it's just the, the like it's. The most astounding thing to me is these two guys that I really know both said while we were young, I'm gonna make it to the NFL. Like I'm not doing anything else. I'm gonna make it to the NFL. <laughs> it's like they both made it. Then you got Trey Turner who plays for the the uh Chargers. He has he made it to with Cam Newton back with the Panthers, mm-hmm. but he's class of twenty fourteen also. So it's like, hey man, I keep telling y'all about these purple knights and the lineage that we put now. But we, you know, it's we got it's it's a Big division right now in the ones. You got people rolling with Leonard. You got the older ones like me. I mean, rolling with Tyron. And you got the younger St. Aug generation rolling with Leonard Fournette. Here's your some Louisiana flavor for you. Mission Fournette, Daryl Williams, Clyde Edwards-Alaire. Yeah, forgot about Elijah, Clyde. Elijah, man. Elijah McGuire is back on the Chiefs practice squad. Oh, he is. Got a ring last year with the Chiefs. Oh, he's sneaky. Oh, you like, like sneaky? I thought he was still with the what he was with oh, the Dolphins. He, he was with the, your Cowboys, then Miami's active roster, now on the Chiefs. Um, there we go. All right, Elijah, get another ring. Ooh. Ryan Griffin, Tom Brady's backup, played at Tulane. Uh, Cyril Grayson, who was a four-time track champion at LSU, didn't even play college football. He is on the Buccaneers practice squad. He's from Kenner. Um, the Carious Keys, probably Seth Lewis told me yesterday. He's like, that's the one guy on this list I didn't know. Who? Uh, he's a cornerback for the Chiefs. Rookie, seventh-round pick this past year. Played at Tulane last year. Okay. You have Kevin Minter, linebacker at LSU. You got Matthew. You got Devin White, of course. Yeah, of course. Can't forget them. 
from Spring Hill, Louisiana. Hey, that's that th- feels like a totally different world. Did up I there. tell you, he he rode up on uh on, on a horse? I was on LSU. Yeah, he rode up to Starbucks on a horse. Yeah, <laughs> that was the wildest thing I've got. Amazing. <laughs> and then you got Legarius Sneed, who was a rookie out of La Tech, who is fourth round pick by Kansas City, and has really been much better than expected. A bigger part of their defense, I think, than anyone expected. I think he'll. You're going to hear his name called on, yeah, on he, a week from Sunday. He, he makes plays. They like to they like to blitz with him a lot. Um, again, that's some Louisiana flavor for you on these uh, on these rosters. But yeah, man, Eli, go get another ring, man. That will that would make my day. That would make my day because like Eli's just such the the most humblest, coolest, like he's down shy. to earth, he's like. Shy, man. But would dunk on you and run you over like it's just like it's like don't play with him. He's still like, that's bro. He's he still can hoop too. I remember so when when Hudspeth was the head coach at UL, he would not. They wouldn't allow freshmen to talk. Yeah, most uh, schools. And so he had like his true freshman year. He was was awesome. So the first media day of his sophomore year. The requester, everyone's like, I want to interview Elijah. So the first interview he did at UL was with us, we, and it was like on camera. It wasn't just on the radio. So we're out at, at the, the I guess they call it the president house or whatever. Yeah. And we set up the camera, and my friend Sam's there, and we're trying to get the lighting right, and I see Eli, and he's like, he's starting to sweat. <laughs> and it's not, I mean, it's not it, like it, super hot, but like sweating like a lot. And I'm like, are you okay, man? And he's like, I just, I don't really, I don't like doing this. You know, I'm, I'm like, I, I just talk, I'm like, relax. Like, it's not going to ask you anything crazy. You know, it's going to be all right. This is going to happen a lot more. Yeah. yeah. So this is, this is the just, media, bro. just, you know, be yourself. <laughs> I, I don't, I don't know if I helped him at all. I mean, I probably, probably like, listen to this idiot, you know, but, uh, we interviewed him and he was like, by the, and he did fine, but like, it was like, probably like four minutes. Cause I had a lot of questions. And by the end of it, he was kind of like shaking. And one of the things I was like, "What's something that you know fans might not know about?" He's like, "Dad, I'm shy and I don't like doing stuff like this." And that's that's him. <laughs> he, he so he did interviews a ton because he was the best player on the team, and there were a lot of requests after the New Orleans Bowl loss uh, to Southern Miss. His career's over, yeah. right? So. Oath of Peters, Mark Hudspeth, Elijah, and I forget who the other player was. It might have been Anthony Jennings. I'm not sure. But there were three players that were made available to post game, and it took forever. And at this point, it, it was like – It was late. Yeah. Oh, I was, man. I was I was just so sick of it. The game was just – they lost. So many timeouts. So many – It was just ball, – Dead and, balls. And they were just waiting and waiting. And my wife's like with friends, like, are you ever going to like get out? Or I didn't. I ended up going back to the hotel. They were all sleeping by the time yeah. I left the Dome. But like Eli comes out, and they like make everyone available, and he just no one knew what he was. He just gets on the mic. He's like, uh, "I'm not gonna be saying anything." Yeah, yeah I remember that. Yeah, <laughs> because I get. I mean, it was like we weren't happy about it, and yet he knew my career is done. You can't say anything. The coaches can't get mad at me. So the first chance he got, he's like, "I'm not saying anything." And it's like, why didn't you just tell? Yes, I were gonna talk, but like you know, and so. I think I think so, I think one person asked him something and he just was like, just nodded his head, wouldn't even answer the question. But it, I don't think it was to like show up anyone. I think he's just like hates yeah. dealing with the media that much. I mean, I've reached out to his 
representation a couple times, like especially last year after he won the Super Bowl, he went back to Homa and like I think they might have given him the key to the city or something. Yeah, but he, he was, had another child. I was like, like I was like, let's you know, let's I would love to get him on and talk about it. And like, yeah, no interest. No, yeah, not doesn't. gonna do it. No, yeah, I've, I've, I know his his uh, his wife, and even trying to get through her to get to him, she's like, yeah, not, Elijah's not, he's not gonna do it. <laughs> she's like, I was like, well. Can I talk to the child? <laughs> like, <laughs> you know. So. What's the What's the worst interview you did? Not well, maybe because of you just you were a little fresh and didn't know what you're doing, or because the the subject that you were interviewing he or she just was not man was not gonna have it. I will always regret this because I'm gonna say this. Put my trajectory on hating softball and baseball even even more. Don't 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 say that. you don't hate baseball softball. I do hate baseball softball. No, you don't. I don't enjoy it. <laughs> you better start enjoying it. So, uh, I, I I went to interview the the UL softball team, and I interviewed them in their clubhouse, and I had got like absolutely the best interview ever, where the girls were all laughing. It was it. I knew what they was talking about. The lighting was right. Everything was right. And I get back to go edit it and no sound. Zero sound. And I was like, I would never, ever get this chance again. It would never look this good. It, I would never understand what they was talking about. The questions would never flow like this. And they didn't. <laughs> and that was probably the worst I've ever felt. I, I Now to this day, I triple check audio. Just because of that day, because I still, if I go look at my old, like, hard drive and go look at that clip, I'm like, bro, this could have been a great softball. I, I might have would have been, you know, interviewing the softball players and baseball players more often after this. But after that, I was like, man, forget this. I'm not doing this no more. Like, this is, ah. So that was, yeah. But no, it's no, like. That was just a technical thing. It's a technical thing. Like personal, I've I, I never ran into. Sometimes you just can tell right off the gate. Like, all right, they're not going to give me anything. They're yeah. just going to give me the the typical answer without answering a single thing. And I I can't I can't think of uh, uh you know what the only two people that uh, Jalen Hurts kind of was like that um, last season, but rightfully so. His grandfather died the day of the senior bowl, if I'm not mistaken. And Justin Hibbert kind of was like that, and he had a good game. But that's kind of why the reason I was kind of standoffish from him because it was just like, yeah, I play football, I play quarterback, I throw the football, you throw it past the end zone and goal line into touchdown. Next question. He ended up being much better than anyone thought he was going to be year one. Yeah, I, I've been in the scene, and that's why it's, it's – um, it's weird this position to evaluate man. this season, especially not being at the Senior Bowl. Um, it's kind, of, it's kind of weird. And people I've been talking to is there. It's the same thing. It's weird. ESPN fourteen twenty and dot com. Let's head to the phone lines at two six nine ten seventy seven. What's up? Welcome in. Yeah. Good morning, man. I'm racking my brain here. You're talking about Eli's interview. What game was that? You said the New Orleans Bowl against Southern Miss. The uh, the the one the one there well there's uh, yeah it's 2015. The first one I talked about was um or 2016 I think it was 20 it was the it was 2016. You lost two back to back. No, you didn't go. You went to four straight. Then you didn't go to to it. And then you went to it at six and six and lost. And after the game, 
I mean that that wouldn't have been on video anywhere, Richard. It was just him. No, yeah. but I'm saying what? Who who was it that we played? I I, I don't even remember this. The game. 2016 like, New Orleans Bowl. So they Southern played Miss. Southern Miss. It was Nick Mullins. The Cajuns were six and six. Jeez. Anthony Jennings. Anthony it. Jennings was the starting quarterback. Um, wow. Versus Nick Mullins. <laughs> the, wow. the 49 It was. Uh, it was. Uh, it wasn't a. It wasn't a great game. No, it was a fucking game. I'm just being real. It wasn't I'm, I'm a great embarrassed. game. I'm embarrassed for not even remembering this. Like, I swear to God, I'm like listening and I'm like, what game is Scott talking about? I just remember That's the bad. game ended at 1 a.m. It was so, <laughs> like, it, it, it kicked off at like, it said 8 o'clock kickoff. It's more like 8.20, and it just dragged on and on and on. Timeout penalty, yeah, TV timeout It's penalty. coming back to me. There it is. Wow. <laughs> like, I was like, wow. bro, I'm not going. And the Cajuns actually had a chance late, and, and Jennings just he, he just couldn't get it done. Yeah. And then and then HUD, HUD kind of like, you know, uh, kind of threw him under the, the bus. bus after. because he Levi, that. That's when Levi pulled his, his – oh, that was the next season Levi pulled his rich. Yeah, that was the next, yeah, the next Jennings, Jennings uh, was there, Jordan Davis, and um, – I forget the that the was other, Nevada uh, Brooks Hack maybe, but maybe Hack had left. So, yeah, after like yeah, Jenny, yeah, Jennings yeah, just yeah. He, he ended up taking some sack. I mean, he just wasn't very good. And no, and no, then after I, the I game, Hud was like, you know, you would have liked to have at least seen him give you a chance to throw the ball. It's like there it is, Mark. There, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> Knew that was coming at some oh, point. Man. Yeah, you know. yeah. Oh man! Okay, well, thanks for the uh, history lesson. My God, I don't yeah, know. It was, it's not that long yeah. ago, dude. It was, you know, no, a little over it's four not. years ago. That's why I'm like, dude, what is this guy talking about? Okay, cool. Thanks, brother. All right, let's take one more call before we hit up a break. Welcome into the show. Hello. Morning. Yeah, I was remembering that too. Yeah, not to bring up bad news, but is that the game? Not to bring up uh, that they made her. Quit or fired at Sunday or no no the next no no, no. so the next season yeah. the Cajuns okay. were five and seven um, they were five and six going to App State with a chance to get bowl eligible and they they lost by by a whole bunch they got, and, and then right and then, so they yeah, got they, blown out they weren't they weren't in a bowl game that season they were five and seven then he was relieved of his duties and then. Um, you know, a month okay. later, they they announced Billy Napier as head coach. You been ruling ever since. Yeah, and I think they heard. Well, okay, they went they went the East ways. I mean, he okay, he wanted really he wanted to leave, right? I mean, or did he just no? Well, he didn't. He didn't, want, he didn't want to get fired. No, he didn't want to get fired. <laughs> so he wanted to. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I'll yeah. be cool. He wanted to hang around. Yeah. Yeah. But it was time. Yeah, I mean, four straight. Yeah, man. I mean. I hate to see when you do a couple of stuff, his stats, they made him give up all those wins. Mark Hudspeth was, I, I, would, I will say that his tenure was a success, not the end, but certainly yeah, it was, you know, four man. straight nine-win seasons at a time when uh, the program needed some, um, some, some spark, right, some buzz, some sizzle. Uh, he brought that, you know, the previous staff did, deserved man. a lot of credit too because the bulk of those early – rosters that had a lot of success were from the previous staff but you know slowly the culture changed you know and, and norm could speak more to it you know he was actually involved with the team and, and did a lot of video work for him but you slowly start to right. see the team change a little bit and eventually it was just time and, and napier was was obviously the right hire at the time and now the program's you know 
just finished the season ranked fifteenth in the country. Yeah, it's hey man, both programs. I mean, HUD did good. Navy doing good, man. Hey bro, program in a good spot where they at right now. Look, ten, ten years cool. ago, ten years ago, no one would have said, "Hey, in the next ten years, the Cajuns are going to win." Uh, what six bowl games? They'll play in another two, and uh, and and in the twenty twenty season, they'll finish ranked fifteenth in the country. No, I think no. everybody would have been like, "Stop!" There's the, is no way ranked, it should be ranked higher than that. I'd say at least top twelve or top. I mean, twelve or eleven season. to be. It, it was a good 15 season. Fifteen is too low. But I appreciate it, man. Have a good morning, fellas. Thanks. Because you, you, my freshman year, I tried out for the football team and I made it. No, wait, 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 wait. Yeah. Well, what? I've tried out for the football team. I made it. You made it? Yeah, I made it. Like Rudy, like the way Rudy made the Notre Dame team, or you like you made it? No, I made it, but I, I quit. It was like the team was bad, and then I'm like, I'm looking at what like year was this? This is 2010, and I'm like, the team is bad, and I'm like, and I gotta do all this extra stuff. Wow, like I got a. a you know, a crappy schedule because all the athletes have like. What position? What position do you play? Linebacker. Right, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go talk to some former coaches and say, "What hey. was young Norman Locke like in camp?" Hey man, I, I was in camp for like all of like six six weeks, maybe a month. Maybe was he a month. was he talking trash? Then was he trolling? Then uh, I wasn't really trolling because, like I said, it was it was kind of like a a shocker. Um, just to be a collegiate program. It was, it was like a bunch of us all went out, and there was like four or five guys made the team and walked on. But I think one guy kept stayed the course um, of us. Who was that? I'm trying to think of his name. He, he played running back at West Monroe. Um, he ended up transferring and going play for like 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 Tech or something like that in like 2013. But, um, yeah, like it was just – it was surreal. Like the biggest deterrent with me was – my schedule wasn't kind of tailor-made to the practices, so they really didn't care about walk, me. Walk-ons, <laughs> man. My nephew was on was a freshman walk-on on the, the, the team we were referencing a minute ago that went to New Orleans, lost to Southern Miss, and uh, he, you know, he was trying to – like he didn't live on campus because he was yeah. trying to save money. Yeah. So he would, he would commute back to Abbeville, but they would practice it. Like they'd get up at 5 a.m., He's got all these classes. So sometimes he'd come stay with us at our house. And one time, no lie, he like got to our house and he's like, uh, I, I can he's like, Can I use the the bath? We're like, sure, use the guest bath. You know, I think he was sore. And he said he had somewhere to be that night, I think, for the team with the team, maybe some film study. It was like nonstop, right? Yeah. And we totally forgot he was there. And he fell asleep in the tub. In the tub. Yeah. And then at like ten o'clock at night, I like went in and I I forgot. I totally it scared the hell out of me. He's like, whoa. Dude, I forgot you were here. He's like, "Oh crud, I'm late," you know. And and it's uh, you know it's that's why I say I come in and you walk on because it's a it's it's a toll to 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 just and, and try to make it. money too because like you say you, you go watch go watch Rudy man. I mean if you if you, if you come in walk ons that's your kind of movie right there. You you told me that Rudy ain't happened like that. It did not play out <laughs> the way it did in the movie exactly, but that's not that's true of any movie based on true events. There's gonna be some. Uh, Judiciousness taken with the, now the, the, a football the, the, movies that that have, I keep seeing I don't know if it's real or not but you know like there's automatic ads I keep keep seeing an automatic ad on Twitter telling me that the blind side isn't real depicted how it's a, it should have uh, been depicted so, so it was 
he w- the 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 part of it that's a little off is that they make it look like he did not care about football and just kind of like there's a scene where like a balloon floats in the air while he's like on the <laughs> field and he's like oh look at that you know but that he just kind of fell into it and was really good at it when in reality he loved football okay. and and like he knew the game it wasn't just like oh I'm big and they want me to try it out like that part of it isn't true but like the other stuff as far as like the NCAA looking into it and like I don't know if this can happen and and sort of being taken in by this family that's all true okay. but the, the part of it that Michael Orr is like yeah I didn't like it is because it made him look like he didn't really know football or care about football and in reality he he absolutely loved it so in the movie and I haven't seen it in in years he basically grew to love football but it yeah. wasn't this thing that came natural to him because he had a soft heart and so to kind of let it out on the field and work on it. It's like, nah, bro, get them on the field. That yeah, because it's like, people, I don't know. Yeah, it's like, I don't know if anybody is on the football field. Like, they're like, yeah, get tougher. Think about this. Protect him. Protect like him. Like David on Yamada, <laughs> that dude hadn't played football for more than two years when the Saints drafted him. So he was extremely raw. But everybody on the team's like, it's scary. Like, when he gets on the field, like, I mean, like, like there's nothing like – Softer. Oh, I'll check this out because I'm physically capable. They're like, I, he, we're scared of him on the field. Like, we don't know what's going to come out. I, of him. I seen his name came up. Him and um, Cameron Jordan as a possible cap casualties for the Saints. You both you, of the, both of their contracts are actually. That's what I was. That's what I'm thinking. I'm like, they're, they're, the a, value of their contracts based on their production are really good. Now they, you might see them restructure. Okay. Right, I could see them saying, hey, we're gonna. Convert, we're going to convert this year's salary into a signing bonus so the cap number will be higher in two years, but it'll help us get lower. That's probably going to happen, but I would be shocked if either of those guys were just cut straight up because Cam, I, people were frustrated by how he did last year. Yeah, the sacks were down and stuff like that, but he still his contract is below market value of what below. he would get on the open market. Correct. Onyemata's is absolutely. He's just coming off his best season, so... And they're probably not going to be able to re-sign Sheldon Rankins. Trey Hendrickson's going. Malcolm Brown might be cut. So now you're going to cut other guys on the D-line that are on good contracts and are good players? I don't see that. Okay, what about um, Marcus Williams versus uh, Marshawn Lattimore? Who La- do you keep? La- Lattimore is more likely to stay because Williams is just a free agent. Okay. So he could – I mean – Three years ago, safeties couldn't get a ham sandwich on the open market. I mean, they, and then the next year, they got buku money. The last yeah. two years, safeties have made a lot in the offseason. So if it's if that trend continues, he he might get outbid. I mean, the thing is, the cap's going to be lower for everybody. So it's not a great year to be a free agent. Yeah. Having said that, it's not a great year to be $100 million over the cap. Projected. Yeah. So I think Lattimore, the fact that He's got one year left on his rookie deal. You can extend him, give him a five-year extension, and then the bulk of that signing bonus gets spread out. So now his cap number this year is low. Same thing with Ramchek. It might hurt you in a couple of years, but at that point maybe you've got the cap a little bit more in place. So I think of the two, Williams, just based on the contract, is probably more likely to go because they – you can control Lattimore – 
with an extension and moving the numbers around. With Williams, if another team just offers them so much that you just simply You're not going to lose, there's there's ball. a there's a way you can be. Does that make sense? So that's why I think of the two. Lattimore makes makes more sense, but I know the Saints. I mean, despite what fans think, the organization they love Marcus Williams. They think he's really. I, good. I was just about to say the fans don't like Marcus Williams. I, I really feel like you know I th- I think he's a quality safety. I think he's a, a top fifteen safety in the league. Uh, like you say, I think the Saints coaching staff like him because if not, they would have replaced him. Yeah, he, he's probably even. I would even put him uh, higher than top fifteen. I think his weaknesses and his 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 few bad moments are so magnified that. No matter what, poor Marcus Williams, his entire career, people are just going to remember. The Amen. first thing that's going to come to their mind is that play. I got $30 million for him and, with, with the Cowboys. Come on, come talk to Jerry. All right. Uh, lastly, we're going to close with what we opened up with. The Houston Texans' new head coach. David Cullen, 65 years old. He will be the oldest coach in NFL history at the time of his head coaching debut. He's not going to be the oldest head coach in the league, but at the time of his head coaching debut, he'll be the oldest. Um, He's 65, never been a coordinator, been a position coach, and from 85 to 88 was the quarterback's coach at the University of Southwestern Louisiana, USL, the Raging Cajuns, now known as Louisiana's Raging Cajuns where for three of Brian Mitchell's four years, he was coached by David Culley. There's your Raging Cajun connection. I don't know what to expect out of Culley. I think he's got a really tough task in front of him because the Texans' first pick in the draft is 67th overall. They're already $18 million over the projected cap, and they've got a franchise quarterback that continues to say he wants out. Good luck. Defense was one of the worst in the league this past year. They got a lot of holes in it. Good luck. Good luck. And a lot of other head coaching spots, you know, they're, they're, they've already been filled. Guys are already hiring different coordinators. So he's got to hire good coordinators, and some of the better ones are already off the market. I I wish him well, Norman. He's got a tough task in front of him. Yeah, like we, we talked about in the first hour, it's, it's going to be tough. I just hope um, Deshaun Watson gives him a chance at least. Give him a chance. Uh, that's all I'm saying. Give him a chance. All right, that's going to do it for the Great Scott Show. Catch Norm this afternoon along with Len at 3 o'clock. Ooh, breaking news. Adam Scheffler just said that Sean Watson has officially requested a trade from Houston. Adam Scheffler just tweeted it. There you go. Well, it's, it looked like it's going to be hard on Dave. man. Oh, man. We just – we I, I, he didn't like it. Obviously, he didn't like the coach, the hiring coach. That's crazy. ESPN1420.com. Don't go anywhere. Steve Pelican's next will be on the game ESPN1420.com.